GameStrat is the number one choice for football coaches looking for the most reliable and advanced sideline replay system on the market. More coaches are switching to GameStrat because it simply works when it's supposed to work. And unlike other systems, GameStrat is simple to set up and use, delivers the fastest video transfer times in the industry, gives you the most tagging capabilities, and has the best game day support. Choose GameStrat for your game day needs. Well, welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Culture Classroom. It's um, going to be a fun episode as people are ending their spring sports, getting in after spring football, and now we're we're heading into what everybody loves, the summer 7-on-7, weight room, leadership, uh, talks that go on with your team. Tonight, we're going to have a special guest with us, John Perry, who won the 6A state championship last year. Uh, in my words of him, it's um, kind of like in this tweet, J, uh, JT, that he's the king of culture when it comes to Mississippi high school football. So you'll hear the interview uh, that JT did with him and how he is uh, rewriting the book for Mississippi high school football and how to get kids invested. And uh, man, I'm excited about tonight. It's going to be a fun episode. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of tools tonight that people can take away and implement them immediately, especially with the summer coming up and us talking about leadership and leadership academy. So what do you think about that, uh, JT? Yeah, I mean, if you haven't followed what Coach Perry is doing at Pearl, you need to. It's core values, it's branding, it's slogans and mottos, and then his leadership stuff is as good as anything else that's out there right now, especially at the high school level. So he's killing it. His team is really successful because of it, and that success is only going to continue because he's refining it as he goes. Coach Weaver, I want to talk to you about a philosophy that stems from Vic Fangio, the Broncos head coach. And three simple words but it means everything for that program, and it's death by inches. Basically, every time that a player skips a workout or skips a team meeting or somebody doesn't hold someone else accountable for their behavior or they take a play off, it is an inch. And the whole idea of death by inches is every inch you tolerate as a leader, your program dies by that amount. And this is a concept we've started to share with our kids uh, in our five-week Monarch Football Leadership Academy. And I think it's framed everything that we do for the summer and that's heading into the season for Team 19. Yeah, we're we're getting started with that right now, JT. Uh, I'm actually finishing up our curriculum for our Leadership Academy uh, this summer. We're going to do, I think, a five- or maybe six-week um Leadership Academy. I'm, I'm working with the curriculum. You know, Garrison Carter gave me some stuff uh, that I'm going to use. Uh, I have a thing called Patriot Leadership um, that we've done for a couple of years uh, that's worked well with us. Um, and then we're going to use some of the stuff that uh, you and I talk about tonight to kind of finalize that curriculum for our guys. Well, I think it starts with control the controllable. You know, we all want to win on Friday, but I can't control winning. There's a, usually a football game will come down to a handful of moments, and there are a lot of factors that can go into those moments that determine the outcome. So 
I can't control that. But if I follow my success formula that I write about in my book more than the game, it starts with player relationships, then you build in leadership, and then if you can get those two things working together, that's where you can end in a championship. And I think when we talk about inches, we can control inches. We can control our behavior. You can control if you're doing a leadership academy or not within your team. We've done ours in Monarch football the last four or five years. We typically do it during the spring, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One, it's part of our 365-day plan that we have with our program. I want to control the message that I send to my kids all the time, especially when I'm not coaching them. I want the, the principles of Monarch football to be in their head. I want that message to continue to be getting across. So we do that. Uh, we set it up for five weeks. We meet one day a week in a coach's classroom. We'll buy donuts and juice and chocolate milk and whatever. And uh, each week is centered on one of our five core values for our program. Typically, we'll meet for about a half hour. There's a short video, usually four minutes or less, that reaffirms the core value. Then we have some kind of team discussion. Uh, and then last, there's an outcome. So I want every meeting to be productive. I don't want it just to be fluff and hangout time. I want something to evolve from that meeting that's going to help our program. Um, here's what we have came up with this year. So we've done this four or five years, and at first we – opened it only to seniors and then we opened it only to upperclassmen and then you know the next year we said okay we're going to open it to anybody on our team but you've got to sign a commitment contract and you've got to stay with it all five weeks or none of it counts and we've gone away from all that we no longer take attendance we no longer make you come to all five sessions if you want to come to one that's great if you come to all of them that's great too and what we've seen is our attendance go way up uh, the first couple of years, we averaged eight to 10 players. And then this last year, doing our Spring Monarch Leadership Academy for Team 19, we had 31 on average. So there were a few times where we were over 35, and there were a couple of times we were at 27, 28. But the average for the five week attendance was 31. Wow. And I think that just shows today's kids. They want to be invested, they want to come and participate, but they don't want to be locked in or they don't want to feel like you've got them trapped. And it's really important for us to make sure that we have that open door policy and it's, it really has helped our program and it builds that trust. The kids trust us. We trust the kids and then we work on things together. And here's what we determined as a team this year that these leaders are going to tolerate. The first thing is that we set up a communication standard and I'll send this out. We call it a commitment contract. It's designed for the players by the players. Uh, our motto for next year is grind together, shine together. And every all the inches that you're going to see in here is in this contract that the players hand to the other players. Our leadership team is the ones, they're the ones pumping it out. We just kind of put it together and we're working on it with them. And I'll share that with, uh, with our listeners here on Twitter as this episode comes out. But the first standard that we decided was we need a communication standard. We've never done this before. Basically, we took eight coaches that we have. The players sign up under each coach, and now there's a coaching communication tree. And the players, again, the leaders are at the top of the tree. They're the ones facilitating everything. So if you want to do a position group Snapchat or if you want to do a, you know, a texting tree or a Twitter group, whatever, that's on you. And as a coach, I'm going to be involved in that too, but I'm only going to be monitoring it unless you need me to step in. If 
So if you've reached out to this one player multiple times and they refuse to get back to you or they haven't gotten back to you, then it's probably up to me to step in as a coach and make sure that they're communicating and, and either be invested in the process or go find something else to do in our school. But that communication standard is brand new. I know other sports in our school have it, and I'm really excited about the possibilities it brings for football uh, as we head into summer where it's kind of a loose time and you don't see each other very often. Really important to have that communication piece standard. Right. Well, another, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm intrigued that the open door policy has gone like it was a closed policy. Now it's an open door policy and you made the, the kids come up with the contract. Um, it's a lot different than what we're going to do. So I'm going to let you finish up and, um, I'm going to give you some nuggets on, on what I think we're going to do. And then I really think we're going to blend a lot of the same stuff together that we both have. But I think it's important to know there's no right way or wrong way. It's just, are you intentional about what you're looking for? Yeah, And, and I think getting and, started, just start it Yeah, in some form or fashion, start, start, it. start something. Yeah. You can tweak it. You'll tweak it. However you need to, as you go, here's another new piece uh, to our eligibility standard or to our, pro, our our commitment contract this year is an eligibility standard. Our team has decided that 90% of our athletes, right now we have 76 on the team, um, that number will increase as you know players come on over summer or as we add the freshmen into what we do. Um, but we have 76 players right now. We want 90% of those 76 players that are have identified themselves as football players, they've signed up, we want 90% of them to pass all their classes so that they're eligible in the fall and to avoid code of conduct issues in the summer so, again, they don't have to sit out for any games. That is brand new to our program. Our kids have never asked for an eligibility standard before. That sounds like something I did uh, with our junior high team, JT. Um, we had a thing called Patriot pra- – can't even talk. I'm big on alliteration <laughs> just like you are, but Patriot – pride points and we did it for january and february and it was like a mini leadership academy i did mostly seventh and eighth graders because they were going to be my eighth and ninth graders for junior high the next year but when you talk about code of conduct we actually like we have work detail so if you get in trouble with a teacher you have what's called work detail and it's on tuesday or thursday mornings at 7 15 and then and after school and if you don't go they add two hours so you got points deducted for being on work detail you got a point for uh for grade so if you had a in this class you had four points a b was three uh a c was two and then we did nothing else besides a d or an f and um the other thing was lining up first what team because they were broken up into teams and you can go on my my instagram and search way back uh, when we did this in, in um, 2015, that they, they uh, when they drafted their teams, that whoever could line up first got a certain amount of points. And then it's who can be, we get, um, you know, pe- perfect weight room stations. So when they put all the weights back in the racks, uh, back where they're yeah. supposed to be on 13 and 5, and the up three clicks and up, uh, up one, I, I can still say it like it's the back of my hand. But, you know, when they do that, they get certain points. Um, and then obviously you had the, the agility and the weightlifting and stuff like that. But man, it was, when you add that factor of holding people accountable, it brings a whole new level, especially with a teammate. 
Yeah, when it's defined. You know, if it's loose, then it's kind of like, oh, coach doesn't like me because, or coach is playing favorites, or I don't know how coach feels about me, but this kid can do whatever. They're... That That is rife for all kinds of problems for your program. Absolutely. The one I think about is for death by inches is having that locker room yeah. clean. How many yeah. inches do you lose when that locker room is so nasty? Yeah, I mean, we, we aren't there yet, but we have uh, sweep the shed. We rotate through three or four different guys every night, just starting alphabetical order. Uh, right. And we haven't had any problems with that since we've been doing it. You know, we've got turf in our field, so you get those rubber pellets everywhere. Mm. But that's one of our program standards, program principles, is we want to sweep the shed, take care of your, your space. This is our locker room only. So, again, we can control what happens and how nice it looks. And when we want people to come through, we want them to see, hey, the football team's got a bunch of just fat slobs, you know. we right. uh, got some pride in some of our facilities. Right. Well, I'm going to talk to you real quick about Patriot leadership and some yeah. of the things we're going to start doing. Um, this was brought to my attention back in 2011, 2012. Um, former head coach had this. I've now tweaked it um, to what I think needs to be added, added, deleted. Uh, stuff like that that fits for our kids off of where we're growing with our core values. But week one is why should I grow as a leader? So I think that's the most important thing is these kids want to be leaders, but they don't know how to lead. So there's some things we ask them is, you know, on a scale from one to 10, what is the level of your leadership right now? And have that answer, you know, on a scale of one to 10, what is your level of our team leadership right now? And then as a whole, what is the leadership level of our senior class? Because you hear so coaches all the time, this is a senior class, this is a senior team. As the seniors go, we'll go. Um, yeah. Another question we ask them on the first day is, do we need to fire any leaders within our team? So there are guys that are maybe the coaches seeing a leadership position, the guy and the kids in the locker room say, well, coach, he's putting on a front. Um, so – the next thing we go to with them is how can I grow as a leader? So my biggest thing is leadership develops daily. It's not in a day. Yeah. You know, leadership develops daily, not in a day. So are you developing your leadership assets daily and how are you doing that? And another thing people need to understand is it's complicated. Leadership is so yeah. complicated. Um, so you talk about respect, experience, emotional strength, people skills, discipline, vision, momentum, timing. I can go through all these. Um, but you, we ask them like, look at who has those on our team. And, you know, leadership has no hierarchy either. I mean, I don't care if it's a sophomore, junior or senior, are you a leader or not? And then, um, we go through some stuff. Um, and then we, we talk about championship team building is talent without teamwork equals trouble. Um, a lot of teams are talented, but if you don't have teamwork, then that's, uh, that is trouble for us. And then stages of a team development for us is forming, storming, norming, and performing. Uh, and I'll put yeah. this, I'll put this slide on, um, on Twitter, but forming for us is individuals getting to know each other, teammates, learning roles and ensure, of where they fit in. I think that's important. You have to know where you fit in the team, whether you're the holder, the long snapper. Um, are you a guy that's just on the sideline as a sophomore and you're, you're a scout guy, but on Friday night you need to be pumped up and pumping people up that are on the field. Uh, storming would be teammates that are interacting and competing with one another. 
uh, norming would be a team settles in on a set of rules and standards as to how things will be done in practice, classroom, weight room, conditioning, mental training, your social life, and then performing. And that's obviously the effective uh, standards that are placed in and embraced by the team. And that's what you want to get to, obviously. And players are comfortable, consistent, and trust each other. Um, and then a team working well together and gelled for the specific goal that is outlined and hopefully out of this, this leadership academy. And you, you always want to have a common goal. And then, you know, you want to create a team on a mission. So, you Absolutely. know, that, that's the thing. And, and I think it's so important to identify what everyone's role is on a team. Uh, because anymore, you know, we're a me first society and football is still a we first game. Yeah. And so when you come out for a sport like football, you've got to be prepared to, there's a sign in Alabama's locker room that says out of yourself and into the team. Mm. Uh, I know there's more and more schools that are going to something like that. I know our girls basketball team made it to state for the first time in a while this year. They had a big sign on their locker room door that said, if you're not prepared to put the team first, turn around. And I think that's what you're getting at with your storming, norming, performing, uh, expectations. Mike Krzyzewski, um, Needs no introduction, obviously, uh, Duke basketball right. legend. But he said, our goal is not to win. It's to play together and to play hard. Then winning takes care of itself. For so sure. You, you surrender the me for the we. And what can we do individually to sacrifice ourselves to make the team better? So I went and I dug this up. So Northwestern football, uh, 1995 Rose Bowl, correct? Yes. You know what their number one team goal was? Right attitude and chemistry. There you go. Yeah. Two was become known as a relentless team. And then three was winning season. Four was uh, reach bowl game. Number five was the Rose Bowl, uh, which they did. But the first one that stood out to me was right attitude and chemistry. Right up the alley, what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, and Pat Fitzgerald... I mean, even Northwestern has no enemies in football, I feel like. Uh, but he, you have to really appreciate what he's been able to do. He was a huge part of that 95 Rose Bowl team. And now to go, and every year, they find a way to hang with the big boys and have eight and five, you know, nine and four seasons when their talent level is, you know, D2. Right. It's that chemistry piece of everyone firing all together that really makes it gel and work. And and it's authentic. He is an authentic leader, and his team and program have bought into that. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're consistent year in and year out. So another thing I think about with this, and John Perry is going to talk about it, is is your commitment. And you talked about it with your players having their commitment contract. So I guess another another avenue I want to talk about is how to get your players as committed as you are. Because you think about how committed coaches are. Yeah. What are some ways that we can get our kids, you know, motivated internally to be committed as much as we are? I, I think that's where a lot of leaders are struggling right now. And that's where I really embrace this death by inches concept. And there's a couple of reasons why. One, inches can be accumulated as a team, 
collectively or on the individual level. And then you hit on it earlier. I think if you can define it, and if we can say this is exactly what an inch is, then all of a sudden the kids have a visual reminder or they have a visual idea of what this actually means, what commitment actually looks like. Right. And so here's kind of what, what we defined. We said that if you lift less, if, if you lift less than three times a week, every, every week in the summer, that's one inch on you. And if less than 80% of the team is lifting three times a week, that's one inch on the team. And it's no secret. I mean, lifting is as much injury prevention as it is strength and, and stamina building. But if we don't get 80% of our guys in the weight room, we all know it as coaches, we're going to have a terrible season. Yeah, absolutely. But it's kind of like I don't grade everything that I assign in my classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to grade once a week. And so that's that visual reminder. Once a week, I want to see a snapshot of how my team is doing. And then, you know, the different guys I can look at individually and make sure that they're following the expectations too. Because then I can single them out and I can track them down and we can have different conversations based on that. But unless you have it defined and unless they have some way of seeing visually what that looks like, right. I, I think we're just kind of uh, smoking mirrors. Nothing's really defined or concrete. So death by inches is really something we've tried to sell to our players. Yeah, I think about motivation with our kids and those players that want to instead of have to. And you know you have those every year. You know They want to come to practice rather than ones like, uh, I have to go to two-a-day practice or I have to go to leadership or I, I want to or I get to. You can even say that. And the next one is accountability and ownership. That's one that sticks out in my brain is our team – whoever it is, or your team, if you're listening to this, believing they have a say in the direction we go, and I think that's so powerful, is they have to have a say in where you're going. Because if if they're not, and I hate using this, but PJ Flex thing, if they're not in the boat with you, and yeah. they're not rowing the same way, you could have six coaches rowing forward, and say 60 kids that are on your team all rowing in different ways, you're not going in the right direction. You're just going to be spinning around. I think this is where Coach Perry has some really practical ideas, too, that gives kids incentives to be part of the leadership team, yep. be part of the decision-making process so that they have ownership in the program, too. Yeah, that's what I think that's what we're going to do. I talked to Coach Davis today, and we're going to go three seniors, two juniors, and two sophomores with ours. Um and the coaches are going to pick them. And uh, we're going to go through this leadership academy and kind of let their, them have a say-so with their um, their voice. And if there's anything that, say, the sophomores want to talk about, instead of that sophomore coming and talking to Coach Davis, hey, you go and talk to, I guess you could say, is your representative on the leadership council. And that gives sure. those guys a say-so and then lets them be able to lead their peers, which – you got it. Well, and I tell kids all, this all the time. I'm going off subject, but you got to be able to lead yourself, or you can lead others. You have to. Um, yeah. Well, and for your first of all, did you read that out of my book? Because that's about the exact same model that I use. No, uh, I haven't. Demonstrated more than the game. I haven't. But um, I, I think you're exactly right, though. Like, not only there's a lot of kids out there that think that they're leaders, but they are 
they don't have maybe they have the pull with the kids, but they're they are not reinforcing the leadership skills that we want from right. our program leaders. Right. And some people have that false sense of reality, that disconnect there of what the reality actually is versus what they think in their mind. And so I think that's what leadership is too, is sometimes just being like, This is what we're gonna do. I don't necessarily want to do it right now, but this is my role. Yeah. Because everybody wants to be the superstar rather than knowing that their role is maybe it's to clean up the locker room at the end of a game. You know, everybody wants to throw the game-winning touchdown. Or um, I think about Mike Kennison and his Delta State baseball program. You know, I don't know how y'all do it, but a lot of our kids will be like, it's sophomore's year or sophomore's turn. I paid my dues, you know, pick up the equipment. Sophomore quarterbacks take the footballs in, whatever. Um, Delta State, their seniors do everything as a yeah. servant leader. The seniors do everything. They take the um, bags off the bus. They, I mean, they do everything inside of his program. And I like that because they're modeling stuff for the underclassmen. You, you said it right there. Leadership can be summed up in one way, and that's just, how are you serving the team? Mm. And uh, anyone who wants leadership needs to just do more serving other people. And it doesn't have to be anything complicated. It could be filling up Gatorade bottles before practice because you want to be there 10 minutes early or you have nothing else to do. So, you know, like you, you find ways to serve the team. I know one of my favorite things to do after a game, and it's how I serve, and I know not everyone understands it, and that's okay. But while the other coaches sit around the Suburban and kind of talk about, you know, the game and what went well and how it all played out, I'm in the locker room and making sure that the shed is swept by the time that we're out of the locker room. We want to leave it nicer than we found it. But then one way I serve our kids that just gave a lot on the field, or even if they didn't, I'll still do it for them, is I carry their player bag out to the Suburban, out to the trailer, and I load it for them. Mm. And there's a lot of times kids fight me on that, but it's like, hey, you just gave everything that you have physically. This is one way that I'm going to give back to you to say, I know you're hurting right now, and I just value you as a person. Yeah. So that leads, that leads me to this question is, you know, we have all these leaders, and then leaders graduate, and coaches are still there. But how can those leaders, whether it be a senior uh, or a junior or a sophomore, how do they make their leadership last? And I think their their leadership value is measured by succession, not success. So what do you leave? You know, what is what is the legacy that you you leave for your team? And uh, I think that's huge with with kids. Is you know, a identify what is a legacy. How can this leadership class leave a legacy for our underclassmen our seniors in our school like how are you how would this be better next year how can we create a leadership culture within our football program so i think that's another one is how to make that leadership last um i think it's when all said and done john your ability as a leader will not be judged by what you achieve personally or even um by what your team accomplishes like we went 12 and 1 last year really doesn't matter what was our leadership like it will be judged on how well your teammates and program uh, succeed after you are gone. 
So it's not really the 12 and one season. It's, hey, what's this team going to look like? And what's the leadership traits going to be looking like off of outstanding? We had outstanding senior leadership last year. Is that going to be mimicked? And did they leave a legacy worth following? Those are uh, powerful questions to think about. Yeah. And then just just great reflection on what's – it's almost like the state of your program. You know, the president stands up every year and gives the state of the union. Mm-hmm. I mean, we probably all need to do something like that within our football program and ask those tough questions and uh, and then put things in place to reinforce the areas that need uh, more reinforcement. Yeah. So – I want to I want to get in with and get Coach Perry here on the line, and uh, see what he has to say. He has some great stuff, you know. Hitting hitting up on Twitter and following him on Twitter, he does some outstanding stuff. Um, uh, I'm anxious to see what he's going to bring into the classroom today, and uh, we're going to get to it right now. Joining us in the classroom today is head coach John Perry from Pearl in Mississippi. Coach Perry, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for coming on our show. Uh, I appreciate what you do on social media and uh, what you do in your program. And few people have the kind of culture that you have at your high school. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And I appreciate you having me on tonight to uh, talk about it. One of the things that we're big on in the culture classroom is uh, a leadership success plan. Uh, Not just incorporating leadership into your program, but intentionally building leaders so that as people continue to cycle through, they leave the program better than when they came in. Very few people have a program in place that is as solid as your leadership program, Coach Barry. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do, why you do it, and the success you've had? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, here recently I took, a, I took a visit to Greenwood, Arkansas, so you know, the Leadership Academy idea was stolen from them. Uh, what we did with that was we did it every Monday morning at about 725. We would have them for about 40 minutes, and it started out as a deal for our Leadership Council, which is, you know, the 12, 14 kids that's voted on by the coaches as the most influential or you know, some of the top leaders that we have. But what it, you know, we added to that uh, anybody that wanted to come. And we just opened it up for whoever, you know, and ended up having a great turnout. Lots of kids came. Uh, It was about 14 Monday mornings. You know, by the time you take out the holidays and, and, you know, any out-of-town trips or anything like that. But it ended up being about 14 Monday mornings, and we brought them in and, you know, it was all things leadership. We didn't really have a curriculum. We made the curriculum as we went. You know, we studied uh, people who were great leaders. You know, we used all different types of tools, whether it be the uh, Power of Positive Summit interviews, you know, uh, sports leaders, you know, let the kids come up with some of the ideas and discuss, you know, the things that we thought was important of leaders and you know, kind of, you know, made our curriculum as we went and, you know, I thought it went really well. I mean, you know, just like everybody else, you know what qualities you want your kids to have, you know, so instead of leaving that to doubt, we just tried to instill that and teach that 
you know, on Monday morning. And I thought, you know, what a great way for the kids, you know, to come in before school. You know, a lot of folks don't want to do that, but that's a, you know, that's a sign of a leader. They show up early, they stay late. And, you know, we ended up with a large number of kids that came every Monday morning. And, you know, it was really good for us. All right. It sounds great. Tell me about your, like a typical 40 minute week that you would do a lesson. Would you watch a little bit of a video? I know you mentioned the power of positive leadership summit from John Gordon. Uh, did, did you guys facilitate a team discussion around some of that content? Tell me just a little bit more about the specifics that you did to facilitate that. You know, every, every week was, you know, a little different, but a lot the same, you know, we may put a PowerPoint together of, you know, what leadership traits we wanted to talk about. And then we may bring in, you know, uh, a specific person, you know, uh, Kat Cole was one of them, uh, a young lady that, you know, went to work at Hooters when she was 16, 17 years old. By the time she was 26, she was vice president of the company, you know, like traced her, you know, what it took for her, you know, what were the traits that she said would be important. And then we would discuss those traits, you know, and normally there would be a video, uh, you know, somewhere within that we, we got into the, uh, focus three and Brian kite stuff. We bought the, the athletic edition of the, uh, you know, the deal they sell. And, and we've got into that where they would have a short video segment, and then, you know, we would shut it down and we would discuss, let the kids talk about, you know, what it was that we just saw, you know. And for the most part, we would, we would, you know, use a PowerPoint or some form of video. There'd be a video every day, you know. I mean, kids relate to movie stars. They relate to, you know, uh, anything that I could find that would drill home a leadership trait or a leadership quality or one of our core values, you know, we put it out there and, Kids had notebooks. They took notes. You know, I think you learn more when you write it down. So they all had their, you know, individual notebook. And if it was a PowerPoint, we would jot the notes. You know, if it was the Focus 3 uh, R-Factor stuff, you know, I would make the notes for them so they wouldn't have to write as they listened. But, you know, every day the classroom kind of followed the same routine. It would just be a different person you know, that we were we were trying to look at and, and take different traits and, you know, kind of let those see how other people ha have done it. That's amazing. It's kind of like you're building your own football journal as you go. If you attend all the sessions, your journal grows. The amount of knowledge that you have grows. Uh, I think it's an amazing thing for young people today to be able to sit down and handwrite notes. There's a lot of research to support that that just cements it in the brain. Um, oh, no doubt. Like and part of, oh, excuse me. And part of our objective was, you know, to, to you know, for the kids to have a, a journal at the end of it, you know, something that they could go back to. You know, some kids may not feel, you know, as, as strongly about it today as they will five years from now or ten years from now, you know, but it was just something for them to have to hold on to because that's not something that, you know, I don't think normal average schools are doing that. You know, I would, have, I would have loved to have had, you know, leadership training when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, other than, you know, the school of hard knocks, which happens out there on the football field. You know, so we tried to think about down the road, what could these kids use 
to be beneficial for them as they, you know, graduate, as they move on. And, you know, the traits and the skills of a leader are, you know, important no matter what line of work they go into. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like the, the memories of the games, whether you win, whether you lose, your teammates, all that fades over time. But you can write something down and have something tangible from your experience. The more you invest in that, the harder it is to get rid of. So maybe those are cherished things that they'll have for years to come. Yes, sir. I hope so. Uh, I've written in a journal for 13 years, and uh, my wife and I joke all the time. I've got like 53 journals, notebooks just filled on my bookshelf. And my wife and I joke all the time about how no one's going to want to read those when I die because there's so much football in there. But I, I just I love it. I think as a football coach, I mean, that's just part of the journey that we're on. With, and it also shows a love of the game. Yeah, for sure. And it's something that, you know, I mean, it's a proven fact that's a better way to learn. You know, I mean, you can read a book as fast as you can and not retain a whole lot. Or you can read a book, take notes, you know, jot it up you know, highlight it, and obviously you're going to retain more information. So, you know, the same thing applies to a kid going through a leadership class. As they jot notes down, you know, they are prepping themselves to be able to retain that information and hopefully use it, you know, later on when they need it. That's amazing. Tell me about your leadership council. How long have you done it? Have you changed it along the way? I think that's one thing that programs are lacking even today. We all know about a leadership council, but everybody does it a little bit different. So how did you kind of come up with it? How long have you been doing it? Tell us a little bit about that. We've been doing it for several years, you know, and what it, what it really, the way it came about is I would give each coach, uh, you know, we, we have 10 high school coaches. I'll give each coach a sheet of paper and I'll say, you know, rank our kids one through 86 as far as, leadership skills and being able to inspire other people. And I just simply take all the numbers. I add them all up. Obviously, you know, the, the one with the most, most points would be number one, you know, or what have you. And we'd take wherever the cut line would be in the, in the biggest, you know, difference in numbers, we'll take anywhere from 10 to 12 to 14. And then what we try to do, you know, is make them, you know, pretty much make decisions for the team at times. You know, if, for example, you know, if we have a game and things don't go good, you know, I'll call those jokers in on Sunday just like the Navy SEALs would, and we'll have an after-action review where I'll sit them down and I'll say, okay, you guys tell me what went wrong. You know, you list the things that we didn't do right. Tell me how we can fix it. Tell me, you know, what we can do and, and – you know, you'd be amazed at how their list is almost identical to the coaches' list when you sit down and ask the coaches. But it gives them buy-in and it gives them ownership of the program. You know, and, and even from the get-go, you know, we'll ask that same group, you know, what what do you like about our program the most? What do you hate the most? What's your favorite pregame meal? What's, your, what's the one you don't like? You know, and just let them, you know, make decisions that's best for our, you know, for our football team. And they know the heartbeat of the team better, you know, than the coaches do. So, you know, we let them have a voice, but at the same time, when you, when you give them ownership, you know, they take ownership and that's what, you know, that's kind of what that group is for. You know, when good things happen, 
you know, we'll go to them. When bad things happen, we'll go to them, you know. And then this year we've kind of added the Leadership Academy for the thought of, you know, teaching them more. You know, just because you name them, you know, a leadership council don't mean that they have all the leadership skills that they need. So, you know, we just kind of added to it this year to to make sure we're teaching them the skills that we think they need to lead our football team in the correct manner. So it sounds like a leadership role on your team is really an increase of responsibility. No doubt about it. I mean, they're, they're going to have, you know, more say so. They're going to be the voice, you know, of the, of the football team. And, and, you know, a leader's job is to inspire other people. So their, their role on the team is not to, you know, be a boss, not to be, you know, uh, better than their role on the team is to inspire other folks. And that's, you know, that's kind of how we select them are guys that, you know, have that power of influence over other people and try to, you know, lead other folks. And then what we want to do is, you know, we do a few extra things with them. I mean, obviously it's a special group, you know, and then the leadership Academy started off for them. But then as we got going, we figured out, you know, we needed to open that up for everybody because, you know, you can be a, you can be an extremely influential person and not be in that 12. We're all influencing somebody good, bad, or indifferent, you know? So what we tried to do is open, you know, the Academy up for more than just the leadership council. But, you know, and I think that, I think that helped out and it'll probably pay off in the future. What advice would you have, Coach, for a, an, another coach that's thinking about including a leadership council but maybe hasn't pulled the trigger on that yet? What advice would you tell that person as they're thinking about possibly starting something like that? Have a plan before you do it. You know, don't do it and not know what you're going to use them for. You know, have a plan for, you know, this is what the group is for. These are the things that we're going to do you know, and, and try to, you know, hold their feet to the fire. You know, we've done with that group, you know, two years ago, we read a book together, Chop Wood and Carry Water. You know, like those guys just have to do more, but there needs to be a plan in place, you know, because, A, they want to feel special. You know, they're a special group. I mean, everybody may want to be a Navy SEAL, but they're not. I mean, you got all different, you know, types of, of people, but you know, like this group has got to be special, but you know, you do need to have a plan for them or, you know, you name them and nothing ever happens. You know I mean? You still got to lead the group. You still got to, you know, show them what is, what is expected, you know, and, and lead them to be the type of kids that can inspire, you know, other folks. Joining us in the classroom today is coach John Perry out of Pearl high school in Mississippi. He's talking to us about his leadership academy. And in case you've missed it, uh, Coach Perry talking about a 14-week program they've started one day a week for their kids, their leadership council to help them excel as leaders and as human beings when they leave this program. Coach, I want to talk about this video that went viral uh, recently where you have the end of your leadership session and you're in full graduation regalia. So... Tell me about that. Did you invite parents in? Uh, how did you make that such a defining moment in your program? You know what? I did not invite parents in, but 
that may be added to the equation next year. Uh, every once in a while, I come up with a decent idea, and it just so happened that that day was our graduation at the high school, and I have no idea where that thought come from, but I thought about, you know, kids that wake up early, get dropped off, you know, spend 40 or 45 minutes before school every Monday, you know, they deserve something, you know, like they deserve some recognition. They deserve, you know, that's pretty honorable. So, you know, we, we, we created a city of Pearl leadership Academy one diploma, uh, had it signed and, and gave it to them and then had a local business, uh, most shots was kind enough to give them all a $15 gift card for a, for a meal. So, then we had the ceremony, and I just so happened to run into a, a gown and a hat. And I thought, man, that would be great. So obviously, the kids enjoyed that. And as you well know, you know, as a football coach, you need to be able to you need to be able to have a good time, and and you know, uh, uh, be able to have the kids have a good time at your expense. And you know, as we kind of expected, it went over pretty good. The kids enjoyed you know, seeing me dressed up. And then, you know, I thought the kids really enjoyed the recognition they got for, you know, their effort of coming, you know, before school and putting in the, the time, you know, so I thought it, you know, it turned out really well. I was, I was pleased. It's amazing. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, go follow coach Perry on Twitter, uh, at J Perry Pearl. If I'm, if I'm correct on that. That's right. And, uh, and you can see for yourself kind of what he did to make that a defining moment. And, again, if you want a defining moment for your team, it's got to be meaningful and memorable. And what a great way to cap off a 14-week leadership academy. Coach Perry, where do you go from here? So as you look at your 365-day-a-year plan for your program, you've got your 14 weeks of leadership done. We're feeding into summer, which leads into the season. What do you hope – what's the master plan for this the work that all these kids have done you know at the end of the day we want to we want to teach behavior skills that'll make them successful in life you know as in football as well you know we're, we're going to continue to do classroom lessons we're going to continue to you know teach them the things that we think you know they need to know to be successful in life and it just so happens football is a part of what we do you know and i think you know, football teaches our kids great lessons. There's no better sport in the world to teach a young man how to be a tough young man, you know. And we use football to teach behavior skills. We use the classroom to teach behavior skills. So, you know, at the end of the day, whether we're successful or not, we'll, we'll come out, you know, 10 or 15 years down the road because how these young men turn out will, you know, largely determine whether we were successful in what we did. You know, football is a game. It's fun. Our kids play it right. Yes, we want to win every single game, but, you know, at the end of the day, we want them to do things the right way, play with the right attitude, have a great attitude, and, and be the very best person that they can be, you know. And if at the end of the night that's good enough for a win, we're excited. If it's not good enough for a win, we'll go back to work just like, you know, you would if you have an obstacle get in your way. You know, we'll find a way to fix it, go around it, get over it, and get it right. You know, that, that's kind of the way the world works, and that's the way we use, you know, football in Pearl, Mississippi. 
Well, it's been a pleasure having you in the classroom. Really impressed with your Leadership Academy and what you're doing to build men in your program. So thank you so much for joining us and telling us a little bit more about what you do. You're very welcome. That was John Perry and Coach Tory in the classroom with a bunch of insight on how you can build your Leadership Academy and also have some fun with it by having a graduation uh, for those guys that are totally committed to your program and uh, want to see leadership shine throughout the uh, the team. It's fun. It's fun to hear what other people do, Coach Weaver, and uh, it's just so rewarding in today's society to see people that are dedicated to building others up and not just tearing them down. Absolutely. So that's what I, I hope we get um, half of what Coach Perry is doing. Uh, done right. right this year. He is he is the king of culture in high school football in Mississippi, in my opinion. Well, there's no doubt that he's got it running and running well for uh, the next few years to come with all the things that he's doing. It seems like every year he just gets better and better and more clearly defined at what he wants out of his uh, out of his program. Yeah, man. Well, look, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, great episode. I think it's a lot of material people uh, can listen to and take away uh, and maybe start their own leadership academy or maybe it's just a, a kickstart for them to get started with something in their program to build leadership um, with their team and not just go to football practice and leave football practice and all those kids get out of it is, uh, say, 10, 10 games out of a football season and a summer workout. Well, I enjoyed it, and uh, it always makes me think about the things that I could be doing differently in my program or in our program and the things that I should be doing to better serve kids. I got better today. No doubt. Same here. I'll catch you on the flip side. All right. Look for resources on Twitter, at Culture Class 19. Thanks for listening. Culture Classroom is supported by Lausanne Learning, a nonprofit run by educators for educators with a mission to engage students, empower teachers, and transform schools. Through professional development conferences focusing on active learning, practical resources, and reflective teaching, including fishbowl classrooms, and a unique teacher-to-teacher consulting program, Lausanne Learning is providing the authentic professional development your school needs. Visit them at LausanneLearning.com today to find one of their active learning conferences near you and to learn more about changing education from the ground up.